Well, hello and welcome to H2 Tech Talk, the podcast series from H2 Tech, the new hydrogen technology journal from Gulf Energy Information. I'm Adrian Bloom, Editor-in-Chief of H2 Tech and your host for H2 Tech Talk. This week, we'll be talking with Dr. Lars Eric Gartner, Associate Director of Sales and Business Development for CO2 Plants and Clean Technologies for Lindy Engineering, about Lindy's focus areas for hydrogen technology and projects. So before we get started with the discussion, I'd like to remind you to share and subscribe to the H2 Tech Talk podcast for more expert discussions on technology and trends in the hydrogen sector. It's easy to do, just click the subscribe button on iTunes or Blueberry. So now I'll start by, by asking Dr. Gartner to introduce himself and his role at Lindy Engineering. Well, hello, Adrian. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, so I'm Lars-Eric Gartner, uh, originally from Germany and since 2015 working for Linde in the United States. I represent sales and business development for CO2 plants and clean technologies at Linde Engineering. And uh, I do have a background in chemical engineering. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you so much for sharing that. So um, I'd like to kick off uh, our discussion here by um, kind of a, a general question about, can you tell us about what are Linda's main focus areas for hydrogen application and projects at present? And how is the company working to establish hydrogen as an energy carrier as part of a changing energy chain? Well, the fight against climate change uh, has definitely arrived at center stage for Lindy, and uh, we do recognize this by setting ambitious sustainability targets and investing heavily in decarbonization efforts. And one pillar there is this scheme of clean hydrogen and the clean hydrogen economy, as it is uh, one lever that you can pull in the fight against climate change. Uh, from, from a traditional standpoint, um, Hydrogen has been used in the refining industry, chemical industry, or fun fact for you here, and rocket propulsion to go mm -hmm. to space. Mm -hmm. But uh, the transition to, to clean energy demands for uh, definitely new use cases of hydrogen. And there we see mobility as an important aspect. There's specifically the heavy duty transport, like for trucks, for buses, trains, ships or maybe even for airplanes in the future. Mm -hmm. uh, different application could be the decarbonization of the power sector, where uh, you know, the smart production storage and re-electrification of hydrogen can come to play for those large power generation systems. In general, there are many others. Uh, to me, this is quite exciting. I have been working in CO2 capture and clean hydrogen R&D for almost five years. Mm -hmm. And we have discussed all those technologies and, um, you know, try to uh, bring them to, to commercial status. And now this is materializing. And that's just fantastic to see from, from my perspective. Mm -hmm. Give, giving you some examples here. Um, clean hydrogen at Linde um, started much earlier and we had some, you know, successful projects already around. Uh, for example, the uh, six megawatt proton exchange membrane electrolysis uh, plant in energy bark mines in Germany, which started in 2015. And there they use renewable energy from wind sources and solar sources and convert it into hydrogen, which is being used for 
merchant market or uh, the uh, application in, in mobility. Uh, and going more to mobility, we've already built about 200 hydrogen fueling stations globally. Oh. Uh, and I think this is interesting to see because this is this, this chicken and egg problem kind of. Exactly. Uh, do you have the infrastructure first for hydrogen production and uh, distribution? Or do you have the cars first, but the one can't go without the other? And kind of investing into the future here and really moving forward uh, to have this infrastructure such that people can use it. It's it's, it's important important aspect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where are the majority of the fueling stations that that Linde has built? Where are they located? Uh, they're generally around the world, but of mm-hmm. course there are hotspots. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely in Germany, um, because of the the legacy uh, heritage of Linde out of Germany. Right. Mm-hmm. So there is a, a great interest to, to develop it there. Uh, in the United States, it's uh, California. Mm-hmm. In, uh, in Asia, it's um, Japan, as well as in um, uh, South Korea. Mm-hmm. So those are the areas uh, where there is some focus, but there are other areas of the world where hydrogen fueling stations have been built. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. So um, kind of looking at your, your background, it, you, you know, specializing in carbon management and clean hydrogen technologies. So if you look at those two things together, that, you know, that's uh, basically we're looking at um, blue hydrogen production technology where you're using methane reforming and then you're, you're applying carbon capture and, and storage technology and, and you're, um, you know, applying the technology to, to get hydrogen uh, that way. So, I was wondering if you can tell us more about uh, Linda's blue hydrogen production value chain um, and, and including the carbon capture and storage technologies used and maybe a little bit about where that technology has been implemented or where our ideal future applications for it. Yeah, certainly. Um, but to start this, um, we, we do understand that Linda that categorizing this emerging clean hydrogen landscape. So all those shiny colors that are being talked about now, um, that this really helps to differentiate various technology approaches for clean hydrogen. Mm -hmm. But that being said, um, we want to be somewhat color agnostic at Linda uh, Mm -hmm. as we have many different uh, clients and customers which have a variety of different uh, backgrounds, different uh, framework conditions and needs. And we want to serve all of them. This is really what we're set out to do at Linde. Uh, and this can be green, blue, or there are many other colors now being discussed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, right. And, right? Mm-hmm. And, and also this green hydrogen, uh, to start off with this, this is really uh, what you know the, the future and everybody talks about. So electrolysis from water into hydrogen and mm-hmm. oxygen as a byproduct. Um, but this is just starting to become available at scale now, as well as it's still significantly more expensive. We have to be honest about this. Mm-hmm. And there we really see this uh, blue hydrogen coming in as a decarbonization stepping stone mm-hmm. that um, actually makes clean hydrogen or decarbonized hydrogen available today at lower cost than green hydrogen and at scale. That is also very important, you know, really larger plants making large quantities of decarbonized hydrogen, clean hydrogen available. And there what we have is this, you know, traditional production of hydrogen from predominantly steam methane reforming when you talk about on, on purpose hydrogen production. 
which is a you know fossil fuel driven uh, technology. And in this hydrogen production process, you also produce CO2, carbon dioxide, which is being um, sequestered, uh, captured first, uh, and then sequestered uh, or used in permanent products and as CO2 utilization. Um, and um, this technology then defines as, as blue hydrogen. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and we do have some technologies at Linde that de definitely do this. And you can do this uh, with uh, uh, adsorption technology, pressure swing adsorption, or you can do it with uh, mm -hmm. solvent-based processes. Uh, and we have built this. So we asked about references. We have built this at scale. Mm -hmm. um, for example, in Finland, in Germany, in Chile, steam methane reformers with those um, carbon capture units attached where then mm -hmm. the CO2 is separated uh, and you have a decarbonized hydrogen production. Oh, wonderful. That's great to hear. Okay. Um, so uh, kind of, uh, you know, kind of looking at different types of hydrogen projects then. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me, I know Linda recently announced a project to build and operate the world's largest uh, proton exchange membrane or PEM electrolyzer plant in Germany. Um, which is certainly a hot spot for many of the, the these new hydrogen uh, endeavors that we are hearing about. Um, can you share some details of that project, um, including maybe how the, the hydrogen that's produced will be used and maybe what the lifetime of a project of the scope is like? Oh, yeah. So Linda has invested in ITM Power, which is a uh, large electrolysis company um, mm -hmm. producing those proton exchange membrane or PEM electrolysis uh, uh, electrolyzers. And we have also um, created a joint venture with ITM to specifically implement large scale green hydrogen projects like this oh, one. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, another reason why we did this is also we can work together to reduce the overall cost of green hydrogen moving forward with you know smart integration concepts, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And this plant here where we talk about is in Leuna which is in the center of Germany, close mm -hmm. to Leipzig in a large chemical complex. And uh, it's a 24 megawatt installation. So as you said, the world's largest installation um, to date. And um, how it's being used, the green hydrogen there, uh, we do have a large hydrogen pipeline mm -hmm. in this chemical complex uh, owned, operated by Linde. And there is a growing demand from the chemical customers around there. There is more the industrial application uh, where they want to use um, green hydrogen in their processes. And therefore, we can put this green hydrogen produced from that plant into, into, the, into this pipeline. But on top of this, it will also be used for the use in the, in the uh, mobility space to grow the hydrogen refueling um, infrastructure around uh, that area. Oh, okay. I think this, yeah, mm -hmm. the startup is planned for uh, the second half of 2022. Okay, great. That sounds, that sounds interesting. So um, just a, a branching off question from about this project. So your joint venture with ITM Power, um, do you have any other announced uh, projects or initiatives that, that you guys are looking at doing in the near future? Um, we're definitely working on projects, that's for sure. Uh, we do not have anything bigger announced in the PEM electrolysis space yet, but definitely to come. Okay. And uh, yeah, but this is uh, a clear a clear pathway for us in this direction. Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds like a wonderful opportunity for both companies. So 
That's fantastic. Um, so uh, my last question for you today. So something that we that you had alluded to a little bit earlier when you were speaking about um, the the cost of of the you know that kind of the blue hydrogen with carbon capture and and um, looking at that and and the cost competitive factor. So when and how do you see specifically green hydrogen, um, you know, produced from electrolysis with renewable power as the as the power source? When and when and how do you see green hydrogen becoming more cost competitive? With other low lower carbon alternative fuels, and then also with conventional fossil fuels, what's what's your outlook for that? Unfortunately, I, I do not have a crystal ball for this one. <laughs> I'm most curious about this myself. Mm -hmm. um, what I can do is I can give you some reasoning uh, what you should consider when you're looking at cost competitiveness for low carbon mm -hmm. fuels versus conventional fuels, or hydrogen versus low carbon alternatives, and First to mind here comes specifically uh, geography. Mm -hmm. So where you are in the world has a big impact on this country by country, different carbon pricing schemes. And we have seen this uh, historically not develop in sync. So mm -hmm. def different areas of the world have different car carbon pricing schemes. Mm -hmm. And those definitely have an impact on the competitiveness of uh, more green sources versus uh, uh, conventional uh, uh, fuels. Um, then you also have this uh, difference of surplus renewable energy production in the world. So at some areas of the world, you have a, a high availability of, of solar and wind power mm -hmm. um, and um, maybe at much lower cost, uh, much more efficient production. And some other areas where you have a high demand for those, you need to transport it to. So you, this whole understanding of hydrogen as an energy vector kind, kind of comes into play and uh, mm -hmm using this as a transport mechanism to get renewable energy over large distances, you know, through ships or, or other, other devices. This all plays into, you know, this competitiveness scheme of green, green uh, fuels uh, compared to, to normal ones. Then there's another one is cost reduction. Definitely mm -hmm. we see this clean hydrogen technologies come down in costs significantly over, mm -hmm. over, over time. Uh, and I talk about, you know, capital expenditure as well as uh, operating expenditure. Um, and I made actually a comparison of this in 2019, where I took the photovoltaics technology cost reduction curve, which was, you know, as we know, very, very significant over just a period of 10 years. Um, from 2010 to 2020, the cost came down by 80%, which is mm -hmm. incredible. And we do see a lot of com uh, com comparison um, to, to the... To the PEM electrolysis technology. So if mm -hmm. you if you kind of take this as a blueprint, uh, there you can see that a significant cost reduction is, is, is possible, which in overall will have a big impact on competitiveness uh, for for green hydrogen. Yes, absolutely. I, I think that uh, I, I agree with you. I think that we're going to see the costs of hydrogen production uh, versus conventional fuels come down much in the way that we've seen the costs for. Um, you know, wind and solar power come down with relation to uh, natural, uh, you know, gas-fired power, um, and certainly uh, reductions in carbon capture, the, the the costs of carbon capture and carbon pricing uh, uh, changes are going to improve that as well. Absolutely, yeah. This is exact, and, and and we see those trends. This is not something that uh, is just starting. Uh, we have seen those trends over the last years. And it will just uh, potentially accelerate now with more ambitious targets by industry as well as by governments around the world.
Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, uh, I want to thank you, Dr. Gartner, for sharing your insights with the H2 Tech audience. Uh, I've had a fascinating discussion with you today and appreciate your time. Um, and also to the audience, if you enjoyed this episode, please remember to share and subscribe to the H2 Tech Talk podcast on iTunes or Blueberry, and we'll talk to you again next week.